Friday. You know what that means. I think. But anyways. <laughs> Welcome to You Know What That Means. It's an AEW podcast on the North-South Connection podcast network. I am one of the regular co-hosts, Andrew Reich. Jordan Duncan is uh, is still on his uh, sabbatical uh, you could say, but you know, we 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 applaud him. We salute him from afar. Uh, we keep the seat warm for him, and keeping the seat warm for him once again is uh, Mr. Stephen Willie. How you doing, man? Good. I fart on his seat every time I can, just to keep it really oh, warm. It, it keeps it keeps it warm. Yeah, Dutch yeah. oven, man. <laughs> I bring the sophomore humor. Right. I mean, the, the, listen, listen. As long I I. I you know what? I don't think I should go there. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like if you keep it covered, like if you keep it covered, I don't mind so much. <laughs> that was, <laughs> was my point. <laughs> but the thing is, I will say this. I was considering doing a name change of the okay. show, you know, because you've been listen like you're the Steve Martin of this. Like, okay. yeah. you're not a host, but you're kind of are. And we have to figure out a way like okay when steve does the show is it something different from you know what that means so we're gonna we're gonna turn back the clock uh and we're gonna take a page out of impact wrestling so let's go ahead and rename this hear me out mission indie possible yeah let's go man what a mission great show indie possible too mi2 <laughs> for those who don't remember um mission indie possible was a show that we did in the very beginning and the early portions of the place to be nation who was the rotating people on that one yeah, was it key. just you and jordan yeah um i think you did one or two uh todd did me did glenn do any yeah there we had a little it was like kind of our our little small group of guys who's known each other you know, well before. But why don't they just they could just name, they could just rename all the wrestling PWG? Yeah. You know I mean, but like, I mean, look at all the look at all the hot talent in PWG in 2015. It was Malachi Black and Kevin Owens and <laughs> the Young Bucks. Who who else am I missing? That's now in AEW or WWE now and has Hall of Fame careers. Yeah, um, it's pretty probably. Yeah. Probably pretty much 90%. Like, it, the, you know how they have that famous meme of Juice and Thunder Lager with the thumb up his butt? Uh, <laughs> like, literally every single person in that ring is now, like, a legitimate star in pro wrestling. Like, Tommaso Ciampa, I think, is in it. Yes. Yep, he was in there. It's crazy. It's like Chuck Taylor, it, I think, and Trent were in there. It's one of the, it is one of the dumbest, like, but funniest, like, comedy, in-ring comedy segments you'll ever see, where <laughs> Juice and Thunder Lager basically dared somebody to stick a thumb up his ass so he could show the strength of his ass cheeks and he Just created really squeeze him out yeah and he like he created like a human centipede it was it was, it, it was it's crazy it's on youtube it's got a bazillion hits uh not as many as orange cassie on the aw youtube page even though adam copeland I will say this. He does get some traction in terms of uh, notoriety for AEW. I don't know if it's shown in the ratings. We'll talk about that a little bit more as we uh, delve into Title Tuesday. But like, I, I do feel like there was a little bit more mainstream or casual fan attention to AEW thanks to the arrival of Adam Copeland. Uh, I don't feel like it's... I don't want to say anything is worn off from that more than it's just, it's just, it's almost like, it's almost like Copeland has already settled in. Does that make any sense? Yeah. He also being on two, both shows a week, generally, generally, yeah. like 
that would maxing it out. do it too. Yeah, as opposed to just doing one show. But I get it. They need a they need a draw. So like having that, and it also takes time to turn around ratings and crowd size. Remember, like WCW was in the dregs, and they were still drawing huge numbers in terms of tickets because people buy those tickets three months ahead of the show. Correct. Correct. They would have shows where they had already like booked out domes mm-hmm. and they would get about 30,000 people to 40,000 people. Now, 30,000 people in a football stadium doesn't look amazing. No, but it, but I mean, we're talking about the 90s here. But if I mean, if you're talking about routinely having 20,000 plus uh, fans every week, I mean, WWE and AEW would be absolutely dying to have that. You know, but that's just the we're in the era of diminishing returns. Every time you look at like the broadcast ratings numbers, it's not just the strike with the actors and the writers. It's just nobody watches broadcast TV anymore. They don't even watch cable anymore. They watch streaming and the subscriptions are being cut because they're trying to raise all the prices and nobody can afford to have all those subscriptions. Box office is down in in theaters. It's just one of these things where in the entertainment business, it seems like the only thing where viewership is up is is football. I mean, is, would that be fair to say? Yeah, football. I mean, basketball and baseball have been up too. Like your big three sports, baseball did really well this year. Now I think the media, people are... now the media rights fees always go up. That's that that's exponential. Yeah. AWs is still not happened yet where they get their announcement i have to assume it's gonna be time order discovery i would be absolutely stunned if it was anywhere but there the one development that it looks like wwe is getting out of fox it looks like fox and them are going to be done after 2024 yeah i'm a little bit surprised by that and i wonder too if that means hey are they going to do three hours instead of two but you know that's neither here nor nor there because you know yeah or move the night they might even just have raw because they already made the because raw they haven't made the official deal yet for that brand but they could just move the night if they want to yeah they could just go to wednesday <laughs> well they are they did move up to they did go to tuesday when uh or they I mean, it's funny because nxt is on tuesdays but um but this is not place to be nation main event uh you might hear me there too but <laughs> as a team but we did have a moment there where AEW and wwe were in direct competition and this has happened many many times and we had talked about this in the past where there were other situations in which AEW programming is on during a WWE event, whether it be a pay-per-view on a Saturday night, you know, and a collision is on, or there's some sort of, you know, Friday Night Smackdown and Rampage has some overlap. There's always some scenario in which AEW and WWE crosses paths, uh, but it did feel like there was this sort of deliberate stockpiling of names and upping the ante where... AEW had to move to Tuesday in early October because I believe it was the NHL. Was it either the NHL or was it the baseball? I think playoffs? it was the baseball playoffs. Baseball. So one of, for some for whatever reason, Wednesday was booked up. So AEW had already had it set up that they were going to do a show on a Tuesday. Well, that's at NXT's night. WWE decided to overload the NXT show. Uh, and they had John Cena, they had <laughs> they had freaking the Undertaker. The freaking Undertaker shows up in slacks. 
had more people than WrestleMania. It was it was just like it was weird, you know, and it was not I don't even remember too much about that one show in general talking about the NXT show. I know that Carmela Hayes wrestled um Braun Breaker and I I mean the one I do remember was the title Tuesday for Dynamite. Dynamite did try to up the ante themselves. It seemed to be like a anything you can do I can do better where there was no commercial breaks for the first half hour to 45 minutes of Yeah, it was like 40 shows. minutes or something. Yeah, it was it, it, I don't want to say it was insane, but because it was it didn't fe- I didn't feel overwhelmed like it started the Dynamite show started the actual broadcast started with um Danielson versus Swerve Strickland in a really good match it went about great. 20 minutes they even had a YouTube warm-up match between Eddie Kingston and Minoru Suzuki um leading into it so it was almost like pay-per-view link for AEW because they also got an overrun right they at the end like of the day good 10 minutes yeah. at least or 15 minutes something around there so, yeah, the main event and the one that had the overrun was uh, Adam Copeland's first match in AEW against Luchasaurus. Like, like were you okay with that choice? Luchasaurus is the first opponent. Yeah, because you want to get him over right away. It wasn't a great match by any means. Um, no, it was a lot. I felt of like Copeland. I felt like Copeland up. took some. I felt like Copeland took some chances. Well, he's forty nine, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, like the. It's like one of the spears was pretty. What did he do? I feel like he jumped off the apron and did a spear to the floor or something like that. Yeah, he um. so so he was on the apron and he leveraged himself off of the steps. And then he speared himself into uh, Luchasaurus. He um, the crowd was the crowd was into it. Um, Christian was like Christian Cage was completely in character like foaming at the mouth at everything on the <laughs> stage watching it I, I christian cage has been sort of the mvp which is funny because i don't think he's wrestled a match since wrestle dream uh, but it, it like he's just uh, actually i take that back he had a he had a, uh, it just skipped my mind he had a great match with brian danielson on collision i mean breaking news brian danielson had a great match but um it at the end of the day when you look at the rating the thing that did surprise me was that AEW didn't win the demo, the 18 to 49. They got mm-hmm. plastered in the overall rating. Like, I don't have it in front of me, but I want to say it was something in the neighborhood of AEW Dynamite got uh, in the neighborhood of like 600,000 and, and NXT got 920,000, which is like the, the highest rating NXT has had in quite some time probably since the tuesday night war was going uh yeah, the wednesday night war was going on in 2020 or so the the demo was it, it wasn't as bad but it was it was 0. 0.30 versus 0. 0.14 <laughs> you know so yeah. it was like well or not not 0. 0.14 i take that back but it was um it was a 0. 0.26 versus 0. 0.60 0. 0.30 so it was actually kind of close but nxt wwe did win them both the part of it that sort of bothered me was that it felt like Tony Khan and, you know, Michael Jordan meme. He took this personally. Yeah. There's a lot of that bothered me about this this Tuesday. I had a lot of well, things that bugged what, me. What it was, it, uh, well, I know we kind of talked about this before, but like, was it just the fact that they were trying to do some, they were trying to get bragging rights for one day's worth of, of, of a show and a new cycle? Or did it bother you that, it seemed like the promotions were taking it too seriously. Like what, what did, what bothered you about it? I, I feel like they were taking it too seriously and 
you know, going back to that 90s, it it just felt like such hot shotting. Um, I didn't like WWE bringing all those people on for literally no reason. Uh, besides Cody Rhodes making an announcement, John Cena in the corner of someone, you know, Undertaker. Uh, basically, and I'm not a big like, oh, he's buried. He'll be fine. But I'm just going to come like everyone who they brought on the show got over the NXT people. So it doesn't make yeah. exactly make you want to like turn back in to see these guys who suck. Yeah, like the next they had a show the next week and the ratings kind of I don't want to say fell back to earth, but it was kind of like back to normal, which which makes me feel like the way that you felt when you were talking about it, I believe with Scott um, on on the other side of the pond that that it at the end of the day, this was going to be an outlier It was going to be an aberration. And if you look at the ratings for collision for dynamite which got a got a perk in their rating thanks to i think it i honestly believe the sting segment announcing his you know his the his plans to retire was um one of the big reasons why they had a jump in um mm-hmm. in, in ship for the next dynamite but it felt like things were back to normal and that it wasn't the end of the world and it wasn't the beginning of a downtrend the thing that bothered me the most was that it just felt like tony khan <sighs> This is one where, like, at the end of the day, from a ratings perspective, you took an L, and that's okay. Like, It doesn't matter. Take your L and just um, go back and regroup and start over. And he just... And you're going to take your... You're going to take your L because you're not on your normal night, and the other show is on your its normal night. It's right, and the, they, they put really... all of their Hall of Fame stars on the show, of course. <laughs> and then he has to double down and go, well, you know, this is the first time John Cena and The Undertaker never got, like, a million views. Dude, John Cena's got a show on your network. Like, <laughs> That's a great point. I didn't even think of that. I, wouldn't be, I would not be mocking this man. Like, John Cena is a huge name, regardless of whether he's WWE or not. I understand that the actor strike has given him more opportunities to be on WWE television against uh Ada. I know we I know it feels like we're talking a lot about this this title Tuesday stuff, but we're gonna we're gonna kinda dive deeper into the AEW specific things. But I just want to get this out of the way. At, at, I do feel like some of it felt a little silly. I did like the fact that there was a little bit of uh a ramping up on the dynamite side I didn't feel like they were ramping up anything from a match or quality standpoint on the NXT side uh, when it came to like the matches and stuff. Like I didn't feel like there was anything special on the NXT show just because Dynamite was up against it. Whereas with Dynamite, you know, they had the title change where Akarashita won the women's title for the third time. You know, Adam Copeland's first match. Jay White, Hangman Page had a match that I thought that was, was good. Really, really good. Um, Orange, Orange. Cassidy. The uh, international belt because uh, John Moxley didn't get cleared, uh, so Orange slid into the DMs and got it back. Um, it, There's like, a huge I felt like powerhouse squash too of Chris Jericho, which was pretty surprising. We haven't seen Jericho since. In fact, uh, he he lost his memory. And now he's starring in a future country music series. I heard. Oh <laughs> but now that's a totally different topic. But. Um, the thing with uh, that dynamite, I just I like the effort. I know <laughs> I know you don't I know you don't get a, a W for effort, but yeah. I could tell that they really did push it pretty hard to try to give a quality show. And I did think it I I I felt like it was a quality wrestling show. 
uh, talking about that one on on October 10th. I thought it was interesting too when you add the two ratings together, you pretty much get the rating for a typical Monday Raw. Night Raw. It's like one and 1. a half million. Yep. And that's what I've talked about before. You're basically, you know, this was a one-time thing. But when you do stuff like that, like when you had NXT and Dynamite running every week together, it just, it doesn't help your audience. It doesn't help any wrestling fan. It, it never helps when you're forcing the fans to make a choice. Right. And then it's hard enough when you have to switch nights or switch channels. Like SmackDown's going to be on FS1 because of uh, the playoffs during the World Series. So that might mm-hmm. be too. They're going to take a hit. When Rampage started off decently, and when they started getting into trouble in terms of their ratings, was when it was switched around every week during the March Madness. You like yeah. you, it would be on Friday at dinner or Saturday or late at night. And there was so, a stretch like this year where Rampage yeah. was down on its regular night for like a month and a half, mm-hmm. which is real. Like that's and a the real, ratings have like, never re- really recovered since then. No, no. I I mean, if I I know that I, I try to keep track of them, but if I had to look at the Rampage numbers, there's something in the range of something like uh like in the in the three hundred to four hundred thousand area. Yeah. That's what they kind of teeter at. You know, Collision gets a little more. Collision had a bounce back. Um, they actually, I believe, this past one where they had the uh, in Memphis, Tennessee with the Battle of the Belts right after. Um, by the way, that Battle of the Belts, <laughs> that was the lowest rated one that they've ever had. <laughs> so I, uh, I don't know. Also, what, the first one I never, I didn't tape because <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> Well, you know what's funny? On YouTube TV, on YouTube TV, like Battle of the Belts is not like a series. Like Mm -hmm. you have to remember to like record each special. So like so it's one of those ones where if you don't remember to record it, it's like you forget about it on my end. And I actually forgot about it. I was able to catch it in other ways. But I mean, it it was an okay show. Like if I, I don't really have the other Battle of the Belts shows in front of me. But if I had to compare them, I'd probably put it somewhere like in the middle of the pack. Like it wasn't a terrible Battle of the Belt show, but it, it, it was it was just there. You know, Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale, Orange Cassie and John Silver, Samoa Joe squashed Tony Nese, and then the acclaimed Daddy Ass beat uh, the Dancing Fool and <laughs> Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. Um, the most important thing actually happened in the very beginning of the show when they were getting done with the collision and with collision and uh, the BCC were still in the ring. And when John Moxley was going up the ramp, Orange Cassidy, who's back to being the international champion, he brushed, he kind of brushed shoulders with uh, John Moxley, Moxley pie faced him and they got into a, you know, a little bit of a pull apart. So you wonder if they're going to go back to that, where at full gear, Cassie is going to have to defend the, newly re-won <laughs> international championship against Moxley again. Yeah, and maybe it's his time to win this one. Yeah, like that, this is the, um, I hate to say it, but, you know, because it sounds like 50-50 booking, but, like, maybe he gets his win back, mm-hmm. you know, talking about Cassidy. Um, it did feel a little bit sudden. Like, I, first of all, Ray Phoenix, we said this on the last show. Um, um, by the way, this is episode 50. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I buried the lead there. This is episode 50, but we made it. But uh, Phoenix was not supposed to win that international belt at right. Grand Slam. 
that was an accident. That was one where Moxley got clearly based off the fact that he still hasn't actually like started to wrestle yet. Must have been a pretty severe concussion where he actually had to go through with some pretty major like, uh, you know, training to like make sure that he was ready to go again because he didn't get cleared in time again for the Dynamite show that happened uh, for the title Tuesday where they originally billed him to wrestle Phoenix probably to get the win the title back and he wasn't cleared. So they put orange in there and he won it. And then I so, also wonder if, if um, Phoenix was injured as well, because that only took four and a half minutes or I don't know if it was that, or they were just selling. So, so supposedly he has visa issues as well. Okay. That so I don't know if it's in between, but he did, he did have a nagging injury. I do like the idea that like any, everybody who gets the international belt, who is forced to defend it every week because of the standard that orange has set mm-hmm. and they just get so exhausted by having to defend it every single time. <laughs> and then they just run out of gas. I actually kind of like that. You know, Even it's Cassidy, almost, it's when he won, yeah. when Cassidy won looking at the belt and being like, like there's part of me is like, is he looking at it and trying to portray the fact like, Oh, Oh, what have I got myself into now? Yes. Yes. Like when he had the confetti and he's like, Oh shit. <laughs> 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 but um yeah they're sort of rekindling that uh that came like i said that came off of the battle of the belt show that was the last live show that they had since we started did this recording uh we just to give everybody a brush up you know for what we do on this show we tape on a tuesday we drop on a friday there will be a what we like to call a dark dynamite there's a dynamite that takes place where it's already happened but we uh me and steve we don't know what happened yet. This was in Philadelphia, and they have a couple of matches we can talk about in a second. Uh, but you have to think they'll they'll push forward with something involving Orange and the BCC again. Um, in fact, <laughs> by the way, uh, Kazuchika Okada is going to wrestle on that Dynamite. Did you hear that? Yeah, he's going to be teaming up with Orange against uh, Claudio and Brian. It came completely out of nowhere, dude. Like I I had no idea that was coming. They actually announced it in a promo at the Battle of the Bell show. So. Like, if you didn't watch Battle of Belts, you had no idea it happened unless you were on Twitter. It's amazing. Yeah, they're, you know, talking about, like, WWE throwing stuff at the at the wall, throwing Okada in. And, and I know, like, he's on break because they're doing the junior tag league and stuff, which he usually doesn't do. Well, he doesn't usually do the tag league that much either. So, mm-hmm. but it was, yeah, kind of thrown away. Like, hey, yeah, Okada's going to be here. To me, it feels like Brian Danielson said... Hey, I'm thinking of leaving in September. Why don't we do a match or two after that? Here's a list. It's like the reverse Cody Rhodes list when Cody left WWE and started going in the indies. Like, mm-hmm. Danison's like, each week, okay, he's like, I want Okada back for a tag match. I want Andrade, put him in for a match. You know, I want to work with Cassidy a little bit. What are the other? Uh, yeah, you know, it's swerve. kind of like you Swerve. He's going through his bucket list. Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. like, you know, it's funny because, <laughs> you know, you're, we're used to these last dances where most people like, so, like the last dances is coined from the, the bulls documentary where the Michael Jordan went out on top. They won the championship. He was the league MVP. He was still the best player probably in the league when he stepped away from the bulls. That doesn't, that almost never happens. 
and, and like even even in scripted pro wrestling you can't make it happen where everybody has to do the honors everybody there's always we're like as like you always we always talk about we're in the era of diminishing returns where you know once they finally are ready to ride off in the sunset like say the undertaker or you know sting uh <laughs> they 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 can't pull off what they were able to pull off so they can't go out on top uh Danielson, I, I feel like, is at a level where he can actually go out on top, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, he could still go out there and have the five stars and do the the incredible match with Zack Sabre. If he is legitimately serious that he wants to step away from wrestling permanently in a year so he could spend more time with his wife and his kids, which mm-hmm. God bless him for that. If he's serious about it, I mean, he's not slowing down. Like if if there was like if we looked at this like a sports league, I would say that Brian Danielson is and Orange Cassidy are probably like in the running for the MVP. Yeah, I mean Orange, I think has had more matches. I think Brian's just going to go at a breakneck pace, like once a week for these last you know eleven months or once every couple weeks, and just keep doing big matches. Uh, I think he'll go to Japan for. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom, probably my guess would be against Zack Sabre Jr. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure he'll do Osprey at some point. Um, j- yeah, just just having fun, uh, kind of pushing himself. <laughs> He's like in the marathon. He uh, took a nice breather halfway about the half marathon point to uh, to just watch everybody run by him. That was his uh, concussion years. And then yes, <laughs> then he got right back up and starting to spread. That was the ba- those were, that was the base- that was the baseball years. Yes, that yeah. was the Jordan yeah. baseball. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was SmackDown GM. He was like he was banned. But like I don't think I, I don't know if Brian Danielson's big on uh, gambling. I know Jordan was, <laughs> but <laughs> like I don't want to try to make it like I, I mean the comparisons it's apples and oranges, but. Danielson is not that type of person that can be like an instant draw, um, like on the level. And man, I hate this. I hate to try to pump up too many of the contemporary acts, but on the level of the Undertaker and John Cena, like those are people that when they're on a show, casual fans are going to watch it, or fans will fill up extra bowls of seats in the state in the arena to check them out. Danielson, for me has never been that type of box office draw. Adam Copeland is not that type of box office draw. Uh, and I'm not trying to say that they're box office poison, but I appreciate the fact that they're going to, that they're in all elite wrestling and they want to work. Yeah. They're not big, you know, the term of, you know, they're not, on, they're, they're not all high on legacy. Right. And John Cena has, movie cred and you know he'll bring more females in i think edge brings some females in um but well, danielson's I mean, bringing I mean, God, in people who already watch know, when he was when Ed, when adam copeland was talking about retiring i think he was serious because he's doing the acting like he did vikings he's on the percy jackson show which is on disney plus um so like he's got an acting career mm-hmm. but at the end of the day i think with Adam, he wanted to wrestle more than WWE wanted him to because WWE looked at him like a nostalgia act. And 
I guess Edge took offense, or Adam, I'm going to do that a million times, took offense to that and just said, I'm not a nostalgia act. I want to keep working. I want to do more dates. I want to be involved. Um, he did have that one little awkward moment with Ricky Starks on Collision where they started trading bars with one another, and I think it was a shoot. <laughs> I don't think I saw I, that one. So this was um, on the Collision uh, on the 28th, or, or okay. the 14th, I'm sorry. 14th, yep. And so they were like doing this thing where uh Copa comes out and then Christian comes out and then Starks comes out and St Starks said something about Copeland and then Copeland called him a vanilla midget version of the rock. And there was like a moment there where they was sort of kind of like going back and forth and you could tell that it was ad lib. Mm -hmm. And like I think I think they both got legitimately upset at one another like from a promo perspective. Like it was it was awkward. You know, we have these moments like this happened with Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston, where I think Sammy called him like fat and Eddie Kingston got pissed at him and got in a, and fight and tried to fight him <laughs> in yeah. real life. You know, sometimes you got to watch what you say. We all know the story about Adam Hangman, and Adam Page and the workers rights things with CM Punk. But um, when a, but yeah, a, yeah <laughs> impact a TNA's own CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> I think I told you that. Didn't I text you like that was going to happen? That he was going to go to TNA? Yes. That he not yes. go to TNA, but he was going to be at the pay-per-view in some and matter. And what are you talking about TNA? Are you in 2000, still in 2013? <laughs> Impact Wrestling renamed themselves TM, uh, TNA. Total non-stop action. It They're worked. I'm already, I'm already saying it. It never dies. Yeah. <laughs> We literally had a podcast about it, and that show, that podcast died, and TNA still never died. Yeah, <laughs> our reviews of old TNA podcasts have pretty much died on main event. <laughs> still goes. I mean, listen, it gives you that extra audience to uh, to try to rekindle your TNA recap shows on. on yeah, you might get at least fifteen thousand more people watching. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. Uh, <laughs> Like that midget in the trash can. Um, oh, God. But, you know, like the only thing that would have made me laugh is if AEW tried to double down. They wanted to rename theirs Global Force Wrestling. <laughs> that, <laughs> the, you know, listen, one of the key guys on that was Nick Aldis, and now he's running SmackDown. Kayfabe. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's, that's an interesting move. I mean, there's always some random names. You know, we just saw Willie Mack on Collision. He had a match against um uh someone with joe i saw fred rosser on uh ring of honor on one of the ring of honor shows he used mm -hmm. to be darren young and i didn't know this but he's been in new japan i had That's absolutely just, no clue yeah he's really just been in the new japan strong i don't know how much he's actually been in japan itself but he's been uh yeah he was in the strong a lot yeah, I don't remember who he lost to, but it was sort of like it was, he was almost like in a jobber role. Right. But yeah. it was it was kind of interesting. It was just interesting to see him. Um, and then Mystico, you know, the I believe this was the original Mystico. This is not Sin Cara Mystico, right? No, it is Sin Cara. I did. The look I mean, I, but you know what I mean? Like the guy yeah. who was Sin Cara after him. Um, no, I think it was the original Sin Cara. I because I was confused about it, too. Right. Um, but not. But wait, I'm confused. Not the one who beat the shit out of, uh, um, uh, God, who is that? Who is that guy from the, uh, Vaude Villains? God, what's his name? They uh, got into a fight catering and he got released. Oh, no, not that one. Simon Gotch? 
Simon Gotch, yeah. So yeah. they had a Sin Cara replacement when Mystico got let go. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the one who got into a fight with Simon Gotch. But yeah, um, the, this is the original, original. The original Sin Cara left. Um, it was kind of a mutual thing because nothing was really happening. Can you believe that he left in 2014? I believe it. He's been gone for basically 10 years because I saw some people be like, Oh, Sinkara, that's gonna be bad. I'm like, no, he's been he's been wrestling for ten years. He, he since then, fit. and I mean, I didn't look up his, that. I didn't look up his age, but if I had to guess his age, he's probably in his late thirties. Uh, forty. Wow, and but yeah. he looked great. They even did um. So what they did is on this was interesting, and I don't know why specifically they did this for some people would say it's because they were in the Houston area. They were in Rosenberg, Texas, which sting was corrected about. Uh, he called it Houston and they started chanting Rosenberg. Yeah. <laughs> like anyone outside of their cares. Um, and I guess, you know, because of the Latino market in Texas, yeah. uh, they were able to sell a few extra tickets by having a featured CMLL match with um, Rocky Romero. Rocky actually, was doing his CMLL heel gimmick where he is called Azucar, Rocky Azucar Romero, and he faced Mystico, and they had two of the oldest belts in CMLL and a featured match, and it was a two out of three falls match. It was actually pretty good. They had a nice little spot where Romero was trying to rip his mask off, which they use they do all the time in Lucha Libre. Two out of three falls is done all the time in Lucha Libre. Uh, a lot of really fun spots. It, it, I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good match. I didn't think it was like splendid, spectacular. Mystico's back on the map. Like I'm not going that far, but I did feel like it was a good showing for him. It was like a very good, like a top-notch rampage match. You know, it was like maybe like a a decent dynamite match, a decent. Uh, collision match like in terms of rampage like it's one of the better ones you'll see in several months probably and the crowd loved him i know oh, that. he also had a really neat mask where he had the aw logo on it uh embroidered it looked pretty cool um i also forgot about his super awesome like uh lucha libre finisher which is when he does the tilt a world to an arm breaker i yeah. felt like i totally forgot about that but it looks awesome and when you, you know? do it right there is um God, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Masato Yoshino. He was in Dragon Gate for a long okay. time, uh, late 2000s, and then, but he still wrestled to like 2020. He was like this super, super fast wrestler, and he would do that um, at this ridiculous speed that almost looked impossible. And it, it's a sweet. Was it because... was it at the speed that Nathan Frazier was going, where he almost decapitated himself on the ropes? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some might say faster, but yeah, that was scary. Uh, but it's it's a cool move because it goes so quickly. That all, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're in a submission and like kayfabe wise, like oh how did I even get into oh wait it's too late. Yeah, and, uh, who, do you think, who do you think is the quickest wrestler in AEW? Like, um, say say uh we they had to have a contest of who can do this spot the quickest, and it was one of the more difficult ones. Who could do it the quickest? You think? Nick I Jackson. Know, I know. I, I kind of got the, I I got you I got you out of nowhere with it, but like, yeah, Nick Jackson, like me, like. Commander, maybe. Yeah, Elijo. Commander, like Elijo de Vikingo. I mean, he's not necessarily really fast. He can just flip a lot. I haven't seen him in a little bit. Has he been injured? No, I think he's just doing other 
other matches. God, where did yeah, I see, watch not, him he's recently? Kind of in the same, he's sort of in the same vein as Will Ospreay. You know, Will Ospreay just had a match at Bound for Glory against Mike Bailey. Like, he's not AEW. He's yeah. featured in a lot of their shows, and he has incredible matches when he wrestles, talking about Ospreay, but he's not signed to AEW. He could go to no. WWE in 2024. It's quite possible, even. You know, and I'm the same with, match uh, I just... oh, and the same with El Vikingo. Like, would you be shocked, Steve, if El Vikingo got signed by WWE? I wouldn't be. Oh, no. Uh, it depends where he's at. Now, I, I saw uh, versus Gringo Loco. That's where I saw his match. Okay. That was in October. Yeah. If I, if I, I mean, I would have loved to say Dante Martin. I know he's been on the shelf, but God, he's quick. He's That's quick another too. one, too. You know, and then, uh, you know, there's some of the female talents. Um, the thing is, like, are you having issues with any of the, like, it, it feels like the women's matches are sort of just there, even though they've had the title change where Soraya dropped the title. I don't want to say Soraya's title reign was a flop, but, like, it wasn't, there wasn't that much hype put into it. She they just, they put the belt on her because she was in London. That was her right. hometown. But, you know, it was going to be hard for Soraya to be able to, like, be the working champion. So they put it on somebody who can work the matches on a weekly basis, meaning she does. So he, she wrestles Emi Sakura. Then she's got a match coming up on this dynamite uh, where she's going to be facing um, Ruby Soho. So she's able to go out there and have the matches. You know, that, do you, did you think that was a good choice to just put it on her again? Yeah, it's steady. You know, someone who is steady, they definitely need... It, it felt like it was getting better, but it, I, it's back to needing a reboot. Um, Tony Storm almost overshadows the division at this point because that character is so incredible. Oh, you mean you mean timeless Tony Storm? It is so good, and RJ City in that role with her kind of. It sounds like he's doing some of the writing with her. Uh, back, like they had such. If you ever watch AEW, like the episode with the two of them. They had such great chemistry, and it's like, oh, mm -hmm. she can act. And I've seen some people saying, oh, it's cheesy. Yeah, it's like the right amount of cheesy. Like she, right. like the character, she legitimately thinks she's this old timey movie star. There is you a movie. There is a movie with Faye Dunaway called Mommy Dearest, mm -hmm. where she plays an old drugged up. <laughs> mom from hell judy garland and that's kind of what i see with this like and here's the funny part mommy dearest was like absolutely panned when it came out in the 80s like people were like this is the dumbest crap ever what a horribly over-the-top performance it's a cult hit now yeah. that's what tony storm's gonna be people are watching it now and they're like Watch her look at her do this like snuff porn, like <laughs> vaude vaudevillian like stuff, like jumping around in hoops and in her brassiere during picture and picture stuff. I'm telling you like, right now, they're gonna yeah. look back on it and say this stuff was hilarious. Like uh, at first, I thought it was more like a film noir thing. Now, like when they do the picture and picture, it's clearly like silent film actress. Mm -hmm. um, but like, if I try not to read much of comments. But on social media, but when I do under Tony Storm once, it's far more positive than it is negative. So people are people are getting it. And the thing, too, is that 
she's able to implement that into her entrance, into her work. Like when she's actually rest, she's actually wrestling. She does do a funny thing now that I actually saw another wrestler in a double promotion steal where when it goes to picture in picture, she goes right to the cameras and goes, we'll be right back after these <laughs> <That> commercials. Was, <laughs> that was great. I thought that was, that was some funny stuff. But in terms of her work, she's a great worker. You know, she was actually the one I totally forgot about this. She was the one with the AEW Women's Championship when Soraya won it at all in London. So mm-hmm. she's able to carry it, but her work is not being uh downgraded by the act. She's still able to go out there and do the hip attack and work fast and do those things that still work, but she's just getting over. And also, she's definitely a baby face. The crowd likes it. It's not one of these things where they just hate on it and they boo the crap out of it. Like they really like the Tony Storm gimmick. Yeah, they very much do. And that's okay uh, to yeah. have like to be secondary, have the work be secondary to the gimmick. It has to be that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Even Ruby Soho is sort of stepping into something where she might be involved with Matt Menard and Angelo Parker and the dancing madman <laughs> Daniel Garcia. <laughs> so like. I, I get I hate to say this, but in the terms of wi- the women's division, if you can't put it in the ring because, you know, Jamie Hayter's out, um, Soraya wasn't able to, you know, put the work in uh, from on a week to week standpoint. If you can't put the work in with the with your female roster, put gimmicks around it. Give them something to do. Yeah. And start building up other people. They have been bringing a lot of different people in for Ring of Honor. And I wonder, like, Allison Kay has been getting more opportunities. I'm a big fan of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, to, Lady like, Frost. Lady Frost has been getting a couple of shots. Yeah. It's, uh, I feel like starting to raise some of those people up when you have five hours of programming each week. Um, well, the, Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue and Ruby Soho have been on pretty much every show. Willow and Sky are in a weird are in a situation where sky blue was got the black evil mist from Julia Hart, who took time mm-hmm. off to get married uh, to Lee Johnson. Congrats to them. But sky blue has been doing the same gimmick that Julia Hart did when she got misted by Malachi black, which is that mm-hmm. she is corrupted and she is now evil and she is like possessed. And, you know, for sky blue, it's it's something like like we already said with Tony Storm. It's something, and Willow has like Willow kind of like got like a little bit of it. <laughs> like, can you kind of be bitten by a snake? Is that possible? Like, is it possible <laughs> that this person got bit by a snake worse than the other person who got bit by the snake? <laughs> because that's kind of like what happened. Willow is so bubbly that yeah. it doesn't affect her as much. Well, one half. Remember, she's got that weird. She looks like Dazzler in the X Men. Yes. She's got like that. She's got like that thing on her side that's corrupted, but the bubbliness is able to contain it. Whereas Sky Blue, like uh, you know, it's she, she, the evil is taking over, uh, and she's. I mean, Sky Blue is getting a push, and I I love her. Like I think she's been working really hard. She had a match with um, Chris Statlander on Collision in. Uh, in um, Toledo, Ohio, that I thought was really good. You know, where she, I thought it was probably like the best match she has had. Wow. Um, you know, so it's it's one where I believe they're getting somewhere. The only thing that's a shame is that I, and no disrespect to Chris Statland as a TBS champion, they put her in that spot when they took the belt off of Jade Cargill, who moved on to WWE. 
Chris Statlander's in a position where she's cutting promos. She's like the work. She's trying to really work hard as that women's champion that's on every week. But I feel like the hardest working women's champion that AEW has isn't on AEW television. It's a it's Athena on Ring of Honor. Yeah, that's the one. And you know why, Steve? She takes pride in the uh, Ring of Honor work that she does. Whereas I think a lot of those other people like. Griff Garrison or no, that's not that you know and uh and Cole Carter and Jay Lethal like I feel like they look at Ring of Honor as like a demotion like I'm not getting a push or Ethan Page even I, whereas I feel like with Billy Starks and uh Athena they they they're trying to have fun with it you right, know and that's all you can do with yeah and you have a storyline they have a storyline that they've created they're even involving Lexi in the and minions, yeah. yeah, I've watched those um, segments, backstage segments every week. They're legitimately funny. Can I can I be real for a second? Lexi yeah. Nair is so adorable. <laughs> I met her she's once because so, she, she's huh? GDP's daughter. Um, yeah, and she's, she's she's engaged to um, Big Bill. Yeah. Who, yeah uh, by the way, uh, tag team tag team champion Big Bill with absolute Ricky Star. What did you what? think of that hot shot? I know. I, crazy. I was surprised. And then you like. You know, the first initial thought is, oh, FTR is done. And then you read, actually, it was Dax who recommended the story. Dax came out, so basically, they recommended the story. So, you know, they can, you know, get a push themselves and you could raise more people. Yeah, up. some people some people were speculating me. Oh, Cash Wheeler's getting his arraignment for that gun that gun charge he got back in July. Uh, and then also Dax Harwood took some time to, like, get uh, get checked up uh, yeah. for for. Or cancer polyps, you know, you know, because you're a guy in your fifties, and <laughs> <laughs> and I thought they, they had me going too because I thought Cash Wheeler was legitimately hurt from the um, the Wrestle Dream pay per view. That's just how good of a seller he is. Yeah, because he had that big bruise on his ribs during the match. Well, let me say this too, the you know, because I know we were talking about Lexi Nair who's dating Big Bill. The spot where Cash chokeslammed him on the announced that looked like a legit i mean breaking news getting like slammed into announced desk hurts but the way he bounced off of it looked brutal like he looked like he took the whole brunt of the table Mm -hmm. like it it was pretty nasty uh and it was a it was a total beatdown i don't even remember fdr got offense in that match no it was a pretty big yeah it was uh, it was a pretty uh big win shocking yeah for rick for ricky in that yeah, but we, I mean, we were talking about, like, I feel like Lexi is like the MVP of Ring of Honor. She does every single interview backstage, every single yes. one. You know, Rick Abani is on there, I believe, still with Caprice Coleman. I don't think he has any fill-ins. Um, I know that they're doing a weird phase where Kevin Kelly is sort of being phased out as the lead announcer, and Tony Schiavone is back in. Mm-hmm. So Tony's doing lead now on on collision uh and rampage i believe is excalibur still still i'm not sure when i I watched this week it was just excalibur and taz taz and there was no jericho because i think and i don't watch rampage that much i think they were just uh writing him off or was it excalibur and tony maybe so yeah yeah, I, I, I know that uh, for, yeah, it was just Excalibur and Tony. That was the one that had Mystico and Rocky Romero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the main event was actually Ruby Soho beating uh, Misted Sky Blue. <laughs> but the 
at the end of the day, they, like it feel. I know I feel like I'm saying at the end of the day a lot, but at, at the end of the week, <laughs> they they're trying to do things a little. They're trying to do things to try to bridge to full gear, which is going to be on November 18th. But we still got a good ways to go. So, I, I mean, how do you feel about some of the programming that's going to be coming up? Because we have this Dynamite coming up. Danielson and Castagnoli are going to wrestle against Orange and Okada, which I think on paper looks incredible. I just wish they built it up a little bit longer. Um, Sheeta will defend the title against Ruby Soho. Hook and Rob Van Dam are going to team up again in Philadelphia so that Rob Van Dam can get that ECW pop. I don't rem- I know they got an opponent announced, but I don't know who it was. Um, and then uh, Chris Jericho with a sit-down interview with Renee Paquette. And then Tony Khan has a very special gift for Sting. Yeah. I, 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 anytime, a diamond any, watch. <laughs> any time, here's the thing though. Anytime Kayfabe Sting has a surprise for him, he usually gets brutally attacked by Ric Flair. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's Ric Flair jumping out of a, out of a birthday cake and attacking him again. <laughs> Turning on him. That's the, that's the surprise. It's a very special gift. No, I made a joke with my friend. I was like, "Hey, I remember the last time uh, Sting got a gift. It was Medusa as a as a like a stripper, and then Lex Luger hit him in the behind with a lead pipe." <laughs> I don't think Lex Luger is coming from behind to attack Sting. No, it, uh, it's going to be in a wheelchair. Uh, Hook and OVD <laughs> against uh, Dark Order, Silver and Reynolds. What's that? Silver and Reynolds are going against Hook and RVD. Okay, that'll be fine. And uh, Look, we actually saw Silver and Reynolds. Was that? Looks everybody's friend now. Yeah, I I thought he was kind of a loner. Uh, it certainly doesn't seem to be that case anymore because it feels that he's only in tag team matches with various people. Do you think, uh, he, could be with, do you think he could be friends with Wardlow? I don't know uh, what if anybody could be friends with Wardlow right now. That'd be nice. The to, uh, only there's a, there is one. I know one thing that's not friends with Warlow, his hair, because that <laughs> is a really bad look. Like he's in that weird. Like I'm in that phase right now where like you know I I always have a phase where I like to do a buzz cut. Well now I want to grow it out, but it's mm-hmm. in that middle area where it's like itchy, but it's growing out, but it doesn't look like it's growing out, and that's what Warlow's looks like right now. He's trying to grow it out. Because he got it shaved off by Samoa Joe, but it's not there yet, so it's just poofy. <laughs> but he, it's funny though because they they're they're heating him back up, and I know that's a point that you know our you know that Jordan Duncan has always said is that one of the problems AEW has is that they push something to the moon really fast and then they just forget about it. And right. this those ones where they forgot about Warlow for a long time for whatever reason was given. And then they bring him back and they try to heat him up again. And they actually have him beating the crap out of jobbers and beat and not even like needing a pinfall. He'll literally beat him by um, <laughs> rough stoppage. You know what I didn't like about that? Um, they basically did the exact same thing when he beat Matt Seidel on title Tuesday, two matches after Hobbs did the exact same thing to Jericho. So mm-hmm. it didn't, it, it didn't, like, oh, you just did this finish. It yes. just didn't make sense why you would do two 
matches you don't generally see. You don't generally see matches like like that where it's a victory pretty much be a, a ref stoppage. And then to do it two out of three matches consecutively seemed kind of weird. But I, I don't know what they're... I mean, they basically... Wardlow had said that they had nothing for him. Um, well, have, he had something written on his wrist tape, but that was MJF. Right. So clearly, like, he wants to get back in the world title picture. We we kind of know where this is headed, but it's hard for us to be able to talk about it because we don't have a bracket in front of us. But there's probably going to be a world title eliminator tournament for full gear, in which case the winner of that world title eliminator will probably get the title shot at either winner is coming or this proposed December 29th pay-per-view that is supposedly in the cards that they haven't announced a location for. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, like the whole Adam Cole... Roddy, the kingdom program is just with MJF is just kind of hanging there right now. Yeah, it's it's entertaining when they do the vignettes. Um, I think it's just because Cole's Roddy and MJF are just naturally funny. Like they right. know how to like keep it going. Um, I do feel like it's losing steam. The, uh, the the ones at the fake Roderick Strong house out in the woods. <laughs> we're getting the residents. Yeah. Why is there no Wi-Fi here? <laughs> I can never live in a house with no Wi-Fi. No. I... There was a there was a stretch for about an hour where my Wi-Fi went down and I wanted to die. <laughs> I th- I started I started to tell my wife I couldn't see anymore. <laughs> like, you know how you have those have you ever had that weird phase in your car where um where uh <laughs> where you're trying to see something you're trying to see something through your windshield so you bring you put the radio down like it's gonna help yeah <laughs> i might like hey quiet i'm trying to yeah that's when you know you're getting older <laughs> and then he goes oh, wait why did i do that it's like when you're not paying attention in the car and you're like i can't hear and you and you're like turn and you look at him and you're like i can't hear you what <laughs> like it's like no no you can't see him. You can hear him. <laughs> it's it's like it's like that weird phase where like your senses get crossed. <laughs> where the hell were we going with that? Um, but that there's going to be more challengers for that M, for MGF's title. Yeah, we got and Jay White coming up at full gear. That'll um, be a really fun match. I mean, we can't we can't procrastinate too much about what their how it's going to be but we know that's going to be the main event of the of the of the pay-per-view in los angeles it's going to be jay white and mjf right and we don't really know still who attacked uh jay white back it was jay white who got attacked backstage right by the men in yeah mass. but that uh, yeah but that devil gained a little bit of weight uh, for based off of what i saw looking in the mirror and collision yeah i thought that was steve austin at wrestlemania 17 and I wondered if it was like, is this the BCC? Is uh, was it Los uh, Ingobernables? The La Pexa Yeah, they're doing, they're doing weird vignettes. Yeah, I know. I don't know if you've even seen them. They've done these weird vignettes where they're in boardrooms and stuff in Mexico. Uh, yeah, Los and they've been going on for a long time. Yes, like to the point where I don't know if they'll ever be back in the AEW. <laughs> and I like Roosh a lot. Like he needs to be in a ring again. Hmm. But um, yes. Yeah, there's going to be more challenges to Moa Joe every single time. He's yeah, Joe's the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, talking about MJF. 
He had another weird vignette where he was like this like well dressed man smoking a cigar like Kingpin and Daredevil or some shit. Uh, I didn't understand that. And uh, and then he's just back to being Samoa Joe squashing people. The other one we talked about Warlow, and then there was a oh it was Kenny Omega. Because of the fact that his world title reign, which was the longest, is about to be passed by MJF. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got something at stake uh, coming up on this Dynamite, but it's not the world title. It's his Dynamite Diamond ring because he's got to face Juice Robinson who won the Battle Royal. Do you think that Juice should win it? No, I don't think he should because he already has a diamond ring. Oh, the one from uh, TJ Maxx? The one from TJ Maxx. Yeah, it was $24.99. I thought that have segment you, was. You, do you do you shop at TJ Maxx? I've never been inside of TJ Maxx. Uh, my wife does, and my daughter occasionally does. It's one of those. It's one of those blind spots where, like, you know, everybody knows it, but I've never been there. And it's not just regional. It's just I've never been. Can you? Can I tell you one I've never been inside of? Sure. And I'll, and you give me one. A Costco. I've never been inside a Costco. I have not been inside a Costco since yesterday. Oh, so you've been to a Costco? <laughs> oh yeah, we have, we have one pretty pretty close to us. Okay. I, I love. Give me a giant major brand, like even a burger joint, where you're like, I don't think I've ever been to that place. Like uh, five, five guys. guys. Yeah, I've never yeah. been to Five Guys <laughs> I before. <laughs> I um, we have a Five Guys close by. I've, I've never been there. Um, and also, I this is just because of regional. Um, I've never been in an In and Out Burger. I was once when I was out in California doing a race and uh, my buddy took me and I thought it was incredibly overrated. Um, okay. It's just like, it's just like, Oh yeah, this is a burger that you can get. Well, anywhere. Here, here's a, here's a stupid question because you know, I think we take pride in this joint because it's from Baton Rouge, but I know it's national. Have you ever been to a raising canes? Is that a chicken place? Yes. Chicken tenders. I feel with like a, they've with just a, with recently a sec- with a secret I- sauce. Okay, hold on a second. Is it C A N E S? Yes. Not Zaxby's. Zaxby's is trash. That's that tastes like hot garbage. But that's okay. also a chicken. There days. is. Okay, there's one in. Yeah, there are some coming. I thought I saw one uh, opened up. Yep, there are definitely a couple coming soon. Yes. Yeah. It, well, it'd be funny if Kane owned a raisin canes. Yes, it would be. <laughs> He's like, Glenn, we need to fire up the grill. We need more tenders. And he just brings his hands down. <laughs> um, So the major things involve the fact that we already have Bullet Club Gold going for the AEW title. I know from a kayfabe standpoint, Jay White is holding it because he stole it from right. MJF. And, you know, they're making a joke where... MJF always called it the triple B and uh, Jay White is also calling it triple B, but it's the bang, bang belt. The bang, bang, bang. belt. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, like, is it like the song bang, bang into the room? That kind of song? like they should just sing that song when they walk out there. <laughs> um, the other focus that came from that feud, other than the fact that just MJF is now a full blown baby face was that really awkward moment on the title Tuesday where Juice Robinson was cutting a promo and he was talking mm. about beating beating up uh, MGF with a roll of quarters with his name on it. And some people took offense to it, including MGF, who seemed a little hot about it um, because of the fact that he had talked about his bullying and he's proud of his Judaism. 
And there is a giant war in Israel involving a terrorist. Yeah, that was the bigger problem, I think, with it. And, and that literally, like, the Hamas explode, the explosion happened literally, like, where the war declaration, that happened, like, the weekend before. Yeah, so it, it was, like, a couple really bad days. timing. It was just, it was bad yeah. timing. It, um, he went on social media, Jeff, and said, like, you know, of course he let this, allowed this to happen. You know, it's part I, of his I, story, I and it's what people went through. But it, it just also didn't land. I don't think many people picked it up when it was live. And then MGF was being so goofy, like for the period of two weeks with his. Well, let let me let me try to get educated here. Is there some sort of kinship to like a roll of quarters and beating up people in 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 a third in an Arab nation? Like, is there something there? Well, what did um... I, I I did it go over my head? Well, so basically it goes back to the stereotype that Jews, Jewish people, and I'm, and I was raised Jewish, so I, I'll speak on this and okay. <laughs> without feeling any, uh, uh, you know, to malice to anybody, but basically it's, uh, Jewish people were penny pitching. That was the stereotype. So okay. people would throw pennies at Jewish kids. Now that's something okay. I never saw myself. But uh, MGF but said this in one of his stories. Yeah, he said this. I want to say perhaps during the CM Punk feud, during the Florida era. The well, he um, called himself an ADE riddled Jew boy. Yeah, he, and he he called himself that. Right, and so I think that was calling back to that part. It just like oh, kids threw quarters at me and such. It just didn't land at all. Like the fact that we have to explain it even right here and there was mm -hmm. no crowd response for it whatsoever because I knew that it happened already and I went back and watched that episode. It didn't land. You're it like did you not said, land at all. Land. And even MJF, yeah. his stuff for the couple weeks prior, like he's trying to get a tofu chant over for Jay White, which I, did, I didn't understand. I understood that even less. <laughs> like what? Yeah, it just wasn't working. It's a little bit better now. It's picked up. Yeah, I think some people ha I've have seen some discourse on the internet that they feel like MJF as a baby face is is um restricting himself. He's not able to be the best version of himself because he's such a good heel. In my opinion, if the crowd is liking him, go ahead and just tilt it that way. You could still have him be evil. You could have him be the devil even, like the one who's revealed to be the guy who's causing all this trouble. Let him be that guy. You know, if you want to just tilt him back to being a heel after his his um feud with Bullet Club Gold is over. The thing I will say for Bullet Club Gold, it doesn't look like Juice Robinson is indirectly getting punished for this, which is fine because I'm pretty sure that they he got cleared to do all of that stuff on the right. promo. And he's so entertaining. Like, I like the fact that he's been able to get a main event spot on a Dynamite because he won the Battle Royal, which was the last match, and that he's going to probably be in the main event with MJF. I'd be stunned if MJF's not in the last match of Dynamite this coming up, this Dark Dynamite. So the fact that we have Bullet Club Gold featured in the um, in the final, in the main, the main event segment of two straight Dynamites is great. Some people have also made mention, and I know that you'll laugh at this because Rampage is kind of the forgotten son, that there, there's been a women's match that's finished Rampage, I think, the last three weeks in a row. Mm -hmm. But some people would say, oh, yeah, well, that's like the Jumping Bomb Angels. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Like, it's like someone's got to go. Someone's got to turn the lights off. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
It's a shame. I really wish they could do something with that. With the show, you mean? With the uh, with the women and and like this, I'm just frustrated <laughs> by that all. Um, so the last thing we could talk about a little bit is uh, Sting. Yes. So we have a lot of time before we really get to the nitty gritty of this. I highly doubt they're going to start teasing towards an opponent this early because if I have to guess. Revolution usually happens at the end of February or the early part of March. So if I had to make a guess, because they have not actually uh, announced a date or a location. So I wonder also if the fact that this is Sting's last match, because he said that that's when he's going to wrestle his last match in Revolution 2024. Is that actually a good selling point to be able to get like a good venue and be able to sell it out? And where would you like it to be? Maybe Atlanta, like like somewhere where Sting was big in. Like Atlanta feels like oh, it's a good wrestling town. It's easy to get to. Like North Carolina. It feels like they do bigger okay. cities, though, for the pay-per-views. Well, the weird thing is that they're just doing a pay-per-view in California for full gear. So, you know, he's from Venice Beach, I believe. Is that where he's billed from? I forget. Yeah, that's where he's billed from. And I was just thinking like WCW area, you know? Yeah, Atlanta, Charlotte. You know, he he talked about Ric Flair a lot in that promo. You know, Mm -hmm. he also brought up Hulk Hogan, which got um, immense (laughs) boots, which I laughed my ass off at. I laughed pretty hard, too. um, And um, the other one, who's the other one he brought up? Dusty Rhodes? I mean... Mm -hmm. Dusty's Rose Dusty's Luke, Who, yep. who's gonna crap on Dusty Rhodes, you know? Um, but the thing with Sting is that I felt I feel like he's been able I don't feel like anything's being left on the table. Like I felt like he was able to do everything he wanted to do. He was very much appreciated, like in terms of his like that's a guy whose legacy was respected when he went to AEW. Like he was never treated like just a guy. You know, whereas in WWE, he even said that in the promo, talking about when he retired after the injury against Seth Rollins, where he felt like he said, I retired before. He said, but something about that didn't sit right with me. Hmm. I guess meaning like the choice wasn't his. Yeah. That the WWE doctors who he was under contract for at the time because he had signed a deal wouldn't clear him. Right. Yeah, the whole W. Yeah. Who do you think his opponent's going to be? Darby is too easy. Um, if, I think if it's it going to be a tag match. Okay. I, I don't know against who, like, it will be Darby and Sting against, like, some legend and someone new. I got I got a perfect answer. What's that? Cody Rhodes. No. <laughs> They're going to borrow Cody for one night to wrestle, and he's going to job out to Sting and go back to Darby. <laughs> no. Um, Darby God, would be like, the – if it was one-on-one, it feels like it has to be Darby. Yeah, like like if there were a couple – I mean, Flair with that age, absolutely not. You know, it'd be great for Flair to be there, I but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to actually happen. Um if I had to make some guesses like MJF and he would challenge for the championship and if he mm-hmm. would if he would win the championship in his last match he would just retire as the champion that would be the end 
and it would be up for as a vacated belt. Um, CM Punk as, as just one night only. Wow. Based off the request of Sting. But I don't know if they have a close relationship. I highly doubt that they do. Um, but then again, I'm not friends with Steve Borden. <laughs> and <laughs> I wish I was. Um, Christian Cage. I can see that. I mean, there, there's a couple of like directions they can go, but I don't think there's that many options. It's... And I remember reading an interview with him earlier this year where he's already knew what he was going to do. He knew what the plan was. Um that he already kind of came for, you know, came through the story, which I believe that Darby has to be involved in it in some manner. Mm-hmm. QT um, Marshall. Oh, QT Marshall. Uh, it could be Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, it could be Jeff. that rematch oh. from Ground for Glory. Yeah. Where Jar- and Jarrett gets his win back. Uh, it could be Baron Corbin. You know, he <laughs> retired Kurt Angle. He can retire Sting. Could be Kurt Angle. It could be Kurt Angle. <laughs> Did you read that thing where uh, Kurt Angle was asked if he thinks he's the greatest wrestler of all time? And he said, I think I have an actually a good case and nobody disagreed with him. Because <laughs> I think Kurt Angle has a legitimate case. Yeah. Uh, speaking of greatest wrestlers, but um, ones who we don't really talk about. Um, I got a text last night and I'm going to go into my phone to see exactly when. Okay. Going. Okay, it was about, oh, it was 9.30 last evening. Got a text from my daughter that said, apropos of nothing, do you know the wrestler Chris Benoit? Oh, no. <laughs> what is Netflix up to now? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime my daughter wa- walks out to me, and ad- like, one time she walked out to me and goes, hey, uh, who are MJF and Adam Cole? And I'm like, oh, my God, they're on TikTok, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> What are you seeing and what are you watching? Yes. And so like I, I can immediately tell when something's viral if if my daughter is a, who's 13, right. going to be 13 in December. If she's aware of it, that means that it's reached the kids. If it's reached the kids, like Chris Benoit reached your daughter's face. Um, mem- <laughs> uh, she's probably uh, mem- watching like, like her earphone. That means that means yeah. something got into the wrong hands. <laughs> yeah, she's like like watching youtube videos about murderers and stuff like that like good god wait steve hold on on. stop Stop the podcast are you telling me that murder is a great selling point for streaming programs Uh, yes isn't it crazy we are in the wrong business we need Mm -hmm. to start talking about murders do you know any professional wrestlers who've been accused of murder um no no i um I know. Uh, okay, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> there are some of these moves where I'm like, oh my god, this person almost died. Did you see the one where Kyle Fletcher, who by the way had a couple really nice matches? Now, granted, it was against Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. Okay, right. but he had this one suicide dive where he just went, I mean, about as fast as humanly possible into the railing. Like I, it looked like a car crash when uh, Kyle Fletcher did that. Now he's young, he can handle it. But if he was like ten years older. He would have been dead. <laughs> so sometimes I'm, I'm happy they don't that the things are covered and it's not just those metal, uh, you know, barriers that they used to do that at least or or worse, the Ring of Honor old school mm-hmm. ones where they would take the metal guardrails and put this piece of sheet metal on them. And then, yes, it would be great because people could and like they would start them. they would start smacking it like a soccer. Right. Like a but then the edges are so sharp 
that if you hit it the wrong way, you'd completely slice. Uh, if you're a wrestler, you completely like slice your arm or back. Or... I, was at, I was at WrestleMania 30 and they did this. Uh, Randy Orton and Batista did a spot where they double teamed on an RKO and a Batista bomb. And of all things, the worst cut I saw in the entire show was Randy Orton cutting his back on a television monitor. Mm-hmm. Of all things. Like, yeah, metal is sharp. <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's just, it's just, it's just a random thing. Uh, Ring of Honor is just there. It, it's, it exists. Uh, Collision it's is dark. still going on. It's just it's, dark. Yeah, it's, it's just basically a, a glorified version of dark. Yeah. Um, you know, we had, we have um, Eddie Kingston as the champion. He's feuding with the, uh, Jay Lethal, who now gets a title shot because Jeff Jarrett won that really weird uh, Memphis street fight against um, Kingston on collision. Did you see the promo that Eddie Kingston cut after in the locker room where he was being seen by a female medic? And he just yes. immediately starts cutting the promo. And the poor medic, the, she no is idea. just corpsing in the background. <laughs> right. He had absolutely no idea. It was like, wait, what? She's like, I had no idea this was about to happen. She became famous overnight. <laughs> now what's going to happen is she's going to be in the background of every single segment for the next three weeks because people think it's hilarious. She'll just like walk past and do a double take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. I think we're ready to close this out. Are you ready for the questions? Yeah, it's my favorite part. Yeah. Um, here we go. How many AEW or ROH titles in terms of relevance would you rank below the Dynamite Diamond ring? Like, how many titles are actually more important than the Dynamite Diamond ring? Okay. Um, ring of Honor, six-man titles. Below? Uh, no, no. Okay, what is the Diamond ring below? Yeah. Um, the Diamond ring is at least used in matches. Yeah, it, it's actually one championships right now granted only one person has won it mjf four-time champion the He's lance armstrong of aw <laughs> yes it'd be hilarious if it's found out well you know what if he was on steroids he'd probably be thanked sure. <laughs> it's definitely above all the ring of honor belts except the heavyweight championship what about the international title no international title no. i think a year ago yes it yeah, would have but orange orange elevated it yes um, God, I don't even um, know what the six. Oh, the acclaimed. I think it's above the six man belts. The trios belt. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the TBS you, belt. Uh, um, side topic. What do you think of the thing where Max Caster is thirsty for um Maxwell Jacob Freeman? And he's, trying to, work on, and he's trying to work on his Mac game. I think it's kind of humorous because he's always Max Caster is always commenting on MGF's posts on like insta and uh and twitter so and it's clear that they did come up together so i think it's kind of funny i don't know where they're gonna go with it it's like hey you know adam's gone it's a man it's a man it's basically a man crush yeah (laughs) he he has a man crush on mjf um the claim doesn't really have any storylines right now so it's kind of a a no and but so they tried to twist it where max is like can has no idea how to flirt with people so (laughs) Like, because he just immediately starts talking about his penis or something like that. Right. <laughs> um, was it a coincidence that Brian Danielson helped book the Battle of the Belt show where we actually saw a grizzly bear get scissored? That is because the grizzly, Grizz, the Memphis grizzly mascot, took part in the scissoring with the acclaimed and daddy ass. Um, 
And we all know that Brian Danielson is absolutely obsessed with bears. With bears, yes. yes. We don't need to get into why he's obsessed with bears. Anytime you see a bear or something called a bear on commentary, Brian Danielson's booking the show. <laughs> I can I see him like Vince McMahon and Gorilla. Talk about bears! More! <laughs> let me, I mean, let me ask you this. Like, if Brian Danielson, like, say Tony, like, had to take a medical emergency. I... Some people say he's already on a medical emergency. He, if he does, it's on Twitter in real time. Right. <laughs> we have the digital footprints to prove it. But if Danielson just had to book the show for a week straight, him and Jericho and I don't know Jimmy Jacobs, like, do you think they could do it? Oh do yeah, absolutely. Show? Do you think the issues would show? Ooh. Like where? Oh, that's a Tony book show. Oh, that's a Danielson book show. That kind of thing. I would be like, intrigued just like, to see if there'd be more like storylines because there's usually like a few storylines, but with the advent of shoot four shows now, sometimes it just seems like there's just there's matches, which I like better than the WWE format of constant rematches, the same uh, the same fights all the time or just different variations of the same fights mm-hmm. um, all the time. But it's it's like the Okada thing. Like you have Okada and you mentioned it in a promo on Battle of the Belts that no one's going to be just watching. It's super random. Like, yeah. like we literally had an entire pay-per-view in June that sold that that sold like 13,000 seats where the selling point was that Brian Danielson is going to wrestle Okada. You're going to give it to the, the fans in Philadelphia. And I'm not saying Philadelphia fans don't deserve it. You know, they're an ECW lifer crowd, but yeah. Like where the hell did this come? It just dropped out of the sky. It was just weird. You know, we're all going to look at the end of the day, just like we always talked about the Monday night wars, like who are the real winners? The winners were the fans. The fans mm-hmm. got what they wanted. Um, I feel like the winner of the Tuesday night, I guess you could call it beat down was the fans because they were able to get really good wrestling as counter promotion. And because it's the DVR era or the digital, the stream here, you could just watch it both shows, whenever you want. Mm-hmm. And at the end you get more bang for your buck. No pun intended. Um, Here's they, a problem though. Yeah. Um, this just is just something that popped up in my head. Cause I got the uh, baseball game out in the background, the Phillies and the, uh, Diamondback. So this is going to come out on Friday, which is the first night of the World Series. If it's the Phillies and they get to a game five, it will be on Wednesday at the exact same time as Dynamite. But will that be on Fox? That will be on Fox, but it will. I, I don't know the home and away yet. If Philadelphia is okay. in it, the show is also in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So there's going to probably be some people ditching that uh, that dynamite who might have had tickets to watch the World Series. It's possible. I, yeah, I'm also looking to see where that would be located as well. Yeah. So, like, the funny thing too is that I'm. Glad it would be in they... Philly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. will, it will be in Philly at the exact same time. As the Philadelphia Dynamite. Yes. And then the, um, and then they have a collision in Uncasville, Connecticut. Uh, JT Reserves, I guess, back in the woods. Uh, and then they have the Dynamite in Louisville, Kentucky. And Wichita, Kansas. They're going to go to Wichita. Wow. 
I know it's just super random. That's one of the collision shows. Uh, and then uh, they hit the West Coast for um, to get ready for uh, for uh, full gear. They're going to be in California and Oregon and such and such. Um, they also announced their first 2024 uh, Dynamite location. They're going to be in Charleston, South Carolina on January the 10th. So I don't know what that means. They're going to be taking like a Gulf Coast type of uh, tour. It, it could mean anything because they've been to Charleston before and they just went back to like West Virginia or this place or this place. So it doesn't necessarily mean they're just going to hit the South belt. Um, um, just, um, you know, not, nothing super major about that. Um, but back to the question. So, Hmm. AW relentlessly promoted the newest season of Rick and Morty. Yes. This is the first season, however, without Justin Roiland, who got into a lot of trouble, and he was the voice of the two characters, and they replaced him. They didn't say who it was, though. If you could redo any major wrestling event, I mean, like, without an integral member, somebody who, without this, it wouldn't have worked. If you had to take them out, what, who would it be? What would it be? Ooh. Like, say, say, like, it was, like, one of these Could big you do the games. NWO without Hogan as the third man? Mm. Could you do it with just Hall and Nash? Could you do it with Hall uh, Nash and Savage? Because hmm. there was that whole storyline for going on for a year of you can't trust this person, you can't trust this person. Here's one. I think they still. I think WrestleMania 14. I think it still would have been really big if Mike Tyson wasn't involved. Yeah, he didn't really play that much part. No, I know he was a big pay per view buy rate guy. Like I know yeah. Vince believed they needed him. That's why they paid the big bucks to get him. But I think they. I think they could have gone without him as the enforcer. What do you think would have happened? Speaking of Mike Tyson, and this goes with the question too, because Mike Tyson lost to Buster Douglas, and then Buster Douglas was the referee. Mm-hmm. On uh, on the main event, what if they just kept Tyson anyway? That's a good one, man. Well, first of all, Tyson would have knocked out Hogan and and Ward because Tyson awesome. was in his prime. T- Tyson was in his prime at the time. Oh, absolutely. He was going to take loss, shit. He was still in his prime. He was going to take shit from anybody. Yeah, <laughs> he was on top of the world. Um, but God, that's a great question. I know there's these. We always have these random what ifs. I always say like, man, if if Bret Hart never like. Um, basically ditched the Royal Rumble in 1992, and he was actually in that, that would be the greatest match of all time. <laughs> because you would literally have every major star in wrestling history in that freaking match. <laughs> because Bret Hart was... That would always bother me that Bret was not in it because he said he had a fever. Yeah. I still don't believe Bret had a fever. I love Bret Hart, but I think he lied about that one. I think he just didn't want a job to the Mount. <laughs> um, if Luchasaurus is Christian Cage's right hand of destruction... Does that make Nick Wayne his beer drinking left hand? <laughs> <laughs> it makes Nick Wayne like he's the beer swelling. Uh, <laughs> I since we did the Nick Wayne mom, I have not been able to get that song out of my mind. The Stacy's you, mom did, done a Nick did Wayne you see, mom. Did you see the sit down interview? Where I he, have not yet. I got to go back and see it because I bet it's going to be hilarious. So Nick Wayne was trying to talk. Nick Wayne's mom was trying to. I, I don't even know She's her name. Got it going on. She, she's just her name is Nick Wayne's mom. It's like a uh, CJ Perry. She's just hot and flexible. Hot and flexible. <laughs> Even though she's like, this is funny. She's like recruiting people and like, hey, uh, I think you're a blue chip prospect. How about you wrestle Miro and they lose? <laughs> 
it's like um I'm trying to think of a really good example. It's like it's like if one of the Warriors was a recruit and says, Hey, how about you play the Warriors tonight? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, of course you're gonna lose because you're playing the Warriors every night. Um, I wonder if this is like one of those sneaky psychological things where like CJ is actually in cahoots with Miro, but Miro's not in on it because he's so obsessed with like getting back at his god. Yeah. <laughs> but she's having, actually having her having him destroy people. Right. And this is like the way to psychologically twist him twist him around to control him kind of thing. Um but back to that uh thing. Well, her, so Yeah, if her plan doesn't work though, she'll probably be flexible with her plan. Yeah, it it, it, it would be, I don't know how hot it would be. <laughs> no, I don't know how to do it either. I mean, I don't Miro. I don't. I don't want to say Miro is like cooled down since the Hobbs match, but because Hobbs has moved on to the Don Callis family. I know we didn't talk a lot about that clan because they didn't really, uh, they didn't really go into a new direction other than Hobbs beating down Jericho in very convincing fashion. But the thing for um, Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne, I'm fine with it. Even Adam Copeland is still bringing up in the promos like. You know, Christian, you're they're gonna ditch you one day, and I'll be the one to pick you up when you're down. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like Adam is still Adam Copeland is still like holding out hope that he's gonna be able to like make this right. Yeah, it feels like they have to finish off together. Um, and to be related to uh, mm, to be related to Nick Wayne's mom, what would you rather do? Have a sit-down interview with your fiercest rival or have a sit-down interview with your mom. Good what if God. they're the same thing? What well, if it's, your it's mom possible. is your fiercest rival? It's quite possible. Um, I would probably rather do it with my rival because at least I could yell at him and feel good about it. I can't feel good if I yell at my mom. Yeah, I feel like I could at least somewhat manipulate my fiercest rival. Um, like figure out ways to do it that way. Um, I think if I had a sit down interview with my mom, she was still around. I, uh, I, I would just try to get out of it as soon as possible. <laughs> and just I mean, move on. I know the way it's going to go. I would just be like, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, um, yep. Yeah, y'all. Yep. Yeah, um, yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. I do like the. I did like the one where Nick Wayne was like saying you're dead to me. And then he gets injured and he chips his tooth and he's telling his Christian, oh, my chip, my tooth. <laughs> like his dad or something. I thought that was funny. It real it, it legitimately he actually did break his tooth. Yep. Like that was legit. Like I, I thought it was like a Jim Carrey thing where he already broke it in the past and he was just doing it as a game. No, he actually chipped his tooth. <laughs> Nick Wayne is a psycho. But um in a good way. Um in the kind of raucous Memphis street fight, Eddie Kingston got into his like street garb. He wore an old Miss era Eli Manning jersey, number 10. If you could own, because we're in the college football uh, period right now, if you could own a college era player's jersey, which one would it be? Football jersey or basketball? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, I used to have a Grand Hill Duke jersey when I was in high school because I almost went there that's, to school and my friend bought me one. That's like, cool. Yeah, like when he was playing. Was your friend's Bob? Your friend Bobby was his last name Hurley. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Uh, and then Danny just started screaming at everybody. Uh, let's see. I've thought about getting a Dwayne Wade jersey just because it's my own mater. About, think about yeah. Well, think about look too. You know. Um, yeah. Like in terms of the colors too. 
like Shaquille O'Neal wore number 33. The problem was like the orange, the, the, the purple and gold back then didn't look as snazzy. Like it just didn't like it was like a lot darker. Uh, so it just didn't look as good. Burrow is too easy for me. Like, and, uh, I, I got something else. I love the Michigan Navy and gold, but I I wouldn't get Tom Brady. Uh, like he wore number Charles 10 Woodson. too. Yeah, he wore number yeah. 10. He did. This is actually more difficult than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, I mean, every like not, my son's got Jordan, North Carolina. That's kind of a, a layup. Not uh, not Tebow, huh? No, no. God, I, I hated Tebow, Tebow when he was in college. What about too. Ron Dane? What about Ron Dane? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was with the Badgers. Mm-hmm. Big, if big, I just had to go with aesthetics. Probably one of those Oregon jerseys. Yeah, or it'd probably be it probably be Herbert, one of those silvery Oregon Herbert jerseys. I'll go with that. <laughs> Did anyone ever come sh- out of Hawaii? But wasn't there like some like quarterback who was throwing up like six hundred yards a game or five hundred well, yards a game? Is, one of them is Colt Brennan, and he's dead. That's, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, that was he's the one. Dead. Who, yep. I will. Uh, one of them, I think, is actually. Uh, I think one of them actually is now coaching Hawaii. His name is Timmy Chang. One of the best football players of University of Hawaii, because uh, yeah, Colt Brennan, Vince Manawai from the Jaguars. What about uh, what about Ohio State? Craig Krenzel. I hate Ohio State. <laughs> and I hate Craig Krenzel. So there you that makes go. It even better. Um, Jason Elam. He went to University of, of Hawaii. I'll get the famous <laughs> kicker, Jason Elam. Jason Elam. Yep, I remember him. Played a long I think time. He- you played for the Falcons. That's why I hated him so much. <laughs> um, have you ever shamelessly given yourself a gift for your own birthday the way that Tony Khan said that he would do on October 10th? Because October 10th, uh, Title Tuesday, was also his birthday. I sh- I'm sure I have. Like, I'm at the point like, in my life now. I just, if I want something, I'll just buy it. Um, and you'll say, that's my birthday gift, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I ever have. Like, I usually would get money from, like, family to, to buy yeah. stuff. But, you know, it's also sweet because uh, we were talking about moms. I love it when your mom buys you something. Sweetie, that's your Christmas gift. And it's fucking June. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even ask. <laughs> I'm like, wait, that's six months. Well, when's your birthday? Oh, it's in it's in June. Oh, this is your birthday present. <laughs> They're trying to be sweet, but they're trying to like find a way to cover it up. Mm. <laughs> like the like 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 it's like it's like a it's like a tax layoff. It's like, um, oh yeah, yeah. This is um this is the reason why I gave you this. <laughs> like I didn't give you this because your family. I gave you this for your birthday. <laughs> and then you just I did hope, like the like was your kid when that happens that maybe they'll just maybe she'll forget. Maybe it's so early. Maybe I, they'll just forget. I do take delight in the idea. I know this didn't happen, but I do take delight in the idea that Nick Khan and Triple H were sitting in their office and they were like, and they were just looking at the tweets. And Tony Khan says, "Not only are we going to be competing with NXT, it's my birthday," and to- <laughs> I could just see Triple H light up like a Christmas tree. He's like, "We're going to make this guy's birthday the fucking worst birthday ever." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that happened. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I, I think it's funny that they tried that. He, 
they tried to crap on him. I, I could tell that he was having the post-birthday blues based off of his tweets, where it was like, that's just one where you just have to take, we're all victims of it, Steve. Like, at some point, you just have to take the phone away. Right. I like Jericho's there, answer to that. He's like, basically, like, what am I going to do? Like, tell the boss to stop. He's my boss. Like, I'm going to go in and tell him to shut up. You can't. <laughs> gonna stop it? No. Um, and here's the last question. If they wanted to do so, now that they have a Copeland, a Cole, and a Page, can we finally have a stable called the Adams Family? Oh. Because for a while, we had the Pages. Yeah, remember? Yeah. They was like, who's the better Adam? Yeah, we had a, they had an Adam and Ethan... The Diamond Dallas, you had Cage, Brian, and Christian. You had the Cage pages. But yeah, the Adams family. Who else could you get in there? Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think. Could it be some like is... lesser, some lesser Adams that you would have as like your your father your fodder? Um, I'm trying to think of anything that like that sounds Adam like Adam. Adam <laughs> Pierce. <laughs> Um, now I'm just thinking of random Adams, uh, like Adam Archuleta, who played yes. for the St. Louis Rams. Oh, uh, isn't uh, Braun Strowman Adam Adam something? Adam Adam Driver, uh, star Adam of the Share? movie Ferrari. <laughs> Brian Adams. Uh, Brian Adams. Um, yeah, but he has an S in it. He's stronger. Yeah. Than oh, that's true. That doesn't count. He's more powerful than them. Well, the, I mean, um, it would be the Adams family. So yeah, the Adams family. Um, hmm. Now I'm just thinking of random people named Adam. Yeah. Um, Adam, Adam bomb. There you go. Yep. Wasn't there uh, the, the kid on eight is enough was named Adam something. Oh, I know what we could do. Adam we rich. Have Opp- you know what? The manager can be Oppenheimer and they're called the Adam bombs. There you go. And then on a biggest crossover shock of all time, <laughs> black Adam, <laughs> black Adam. Hey man, Rock's looking for work yeah. right now. <laughs> you got the Warner Brothers Discovery. Well, just one. Listen, the Rock is great at a lot of things. One thing he can't run is a charity. That's one yep. thing we figured. Out. Yeah, that was sad. He meant but we well. know how to run. But we know how to run a podcast because we went we about do. an hour and a half and we finished it. <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it's been just kind of. I don't want to say it's been like super eventful. But it, I, I do feel like things are going on. We clearly went through a few weeks past, and we talked about things that happened. Full gear is coming up. Um, we'll see when we reconvene if it'll be before or after. Um, one way or another, we'll talk about it. But I mean, I don't want to feel. I don't want to say that it feels like AEW's treading, like kind of treading water. But it doesn't seem like they're trying to take a stab at it since that whole fracas that happened where they had NXT load up their show on the same night as Dynamite on a Tuesday. Yeah, it's been kind of quiet since then. Um, yeah. It's always changes. WWE slow time, too. Mm-hmm. You'd think that maybe they'd try to do something bigger, but I mean, Edge coming in was big enough, but that's, you know, it's kind of been a month now. That 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 thing is so weird. Like. I'm going to talk about a little bit about main event, but like, it feels like you remember how we had spinoff show, how we have spinoff show, like Frazier just came back. Frazier mm-hmm. was a spinoff of cheers. Um, and remember how we had friends and then Matt LeBlanc tried to keep going and he had Joey. Yes. Yeah. That's what, that's what raw and SmackDown felt like for a little while. Like Roman was away and this one was Brock was away. So we had like the J show and the Jimmy show. 
Mm-hmm. And it was like, which one do you like more? I'm like, I don't like either of them. <laughs> and then they both cross over into each other's shows anyways. And who knows who's better than, yeah. Yeah, it's like the it's like you're waiting for the principal actors to get back into town because <laughs> you don't mm-hmm. want the spin off. But that's that's what WWE felt like for like a month or two, where it was like, you know, even even Payback and Fastlane were just like, eh. Wrestle Dream, we talked about it. Um, the it, it was an awesome show. Did it feel like the most important show of all time? No, but it did get capped off with a great surprise. Um, I'm sure Full Gear is going to be more of the kind of like what double or nothing was where it'll be more of going through the motions Mm -hmm. but i don't think it's going to be a i just i really believe this steve and i'm not trying to be a fanboy about it i just don't think AEW because of their talent is just capable of having a bad pay-per-view they're just they can't do it like you you can just load it up without a storyline and it would it would be enjoyable pretty pretty much there's some shows where they just like i think the dynamite that just passed they're like you just look at the list of the show of the matches that they had, and you're just like, holy cow! Like they had freaking uh, like Jay White and Penta, and they had Kenny Omega and Kyle Fletcher, and then they had you know Juice Robinson in this battle royal, and it's like, <laughs> wow, this is a really good show, and they didn't even try, <laughs> right? You know, um, but we tried, and uh, we succeeded. we did our best. So yeah, we did. We did, um, and we closed with Boris Johnson, the ever, the ever, um, the ever quotable one. And as Boris Johnson always says, "Who needs noise when we have faces?"
Night, night, night. 